0: Alright, on this episode of MMA Canada Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual competing with Gamebred Bare Knuckle MMA, and that goes down on March the 2nd, and a very intriguing fight going on as Anthony Benjakawani and Jesse Ronson, test skills and Great Heaven Jesse on MMA Canada Radio. How are you doing, man? You having a solid day so far?
1: Yeah, man, it's been good. Uh, like it's, uh, I'm not looking forward to drinking all this water because it's water load time. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty light i feel great i feel strong this is like the most i've ever been able to eat in a camp and still consistently lose weight um yeah uh i haven't been this light before a fight like this far out before a fight since i was training to fight charles all day and that was the best shape i have ever been in my life so i feel good
0: no it's awesome to hear and it seems like this is an interesting opportunity because like a few times we've spoken there's been mentions of like wanting certain, like, high-level MMA opportunities, but also that bare-knuckle intrigue, and obviously this seems like a perfect combination of those things. Like, when did this bout offer and everything initially get on your radar, I guess?
1: Well, I wasn't really thinking about game-brand bare-knuckle, to be honest. I was thinking about, like, BKFC, bare-knuckle boxing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I spoke with those guys uh, a few times, and it went from, we're very interested in having you on a card, we're just going to find a spot, to uh yeah we're gonna wait till we come to canada to, to have a spot to oh we're not sure when we're coming to canada you should try out our um what is it? it's not uh can't remember what he called it but it's like oh you should come to one of our tryouts and i'm like so it went from we want you to we only want you in canada to you should come do a tryout and i was like you know what fuck you guys like i'm not pissing around anymore like you can't just go from like to like a, a high quality prospector, yeah, you should try come into one of our tryouts. So obviously, they have different things in mind. So I'm not really a, a big fan of how BKFC is handling things, but uh, uh, I'm pretty much done with the regional scene. There's not very n- not many fights that I could take right now because no real promotion around here is gonna, you know fly somebody in for me. And uh there are a couple of fights, like Jordan Mean, Dehan Kajic, and I just heard Johan Lanes got released, so there's three big fights right there, but no promotion's gonna pay, you know, what that fight's essentially worth. Um, BTC might come close, Samurai might, but it's like these are three high level guys for a high level show, it's like what the hell's the point of fighting, you know, a UFC caliber fight for, you know, less than ten grand. Um But I was training to fight Jordan Mean March 16th, and then I got a call from my manager saying, game bread, bare knuckle, pay's about the same as the UFC, which is true, and it's Anthony Noan Jaquani, are you interested? I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do that. That's a guy that I've always been interested in fighting. Uh, I like his style, striking-based. And a promotion where there's no salary cap, so it's like they only signed me to a one-fight deal, which is great, so it's like I have a great performance and they want to sign me again, I can ask for a lot more money, right? Unlike the UFC, where you sign a four-fight deal, it's you get this much money, you win, you get this much money, you win, you get this much money, right? So uh, I'm very, very grateful and excited to be involved in such a big promotion, and uh, like I said, there's no salary cap.
0: Well, I imagine that's hugely refreshing after some of the, you know, frustrating, you know, timelines and some of the tendrils of the situation that you mentioned there, just with like, you know, certain fights being out there, but it's like, okay, am I gonna get the purse for it, and like, the BKFC, you know, dynamics there and stuff like that, so it must be refreshing that things have came together in this certain way with Gamebred.
1: Oh, 100%, and um, George Mastodal is a great dude, he's fought, so he understands what it's like for fighters. Again, this is like, I'm getting like entry-level pay because it's my first fight for the promotion, and uh, I don't mind that, but it's like I said, I, I get a big, a big showcasing, a huge win. I can ask for a lot more money because you know this will be my 42nd pro fight, 40 pro, 40th pro MMA, but 42nd pro fight overall. So I think I kind of deserve to start making some of that big money. But the thing is, in order to make that big money, I got to show up and show out. So it's like this is my last opportunity. I'm I'm running out of time to make to make some money, and uh, so I it's, it's, there's a lot on the line for uh, for march 2nd unless you know i want to get stuck which i don't in these local promotions forever fighting top quality guys for you know great money for locally but not in a career sense or you know a living sense
0: yeah i mean i get where you're coming from i can understand the distinction so just in that sense happy to hear that you know, you have this opportunity here, and I don't want to, like, distract too much from the fight, obviously, but you'd mentioned uh, Jordan Meehan fight potentially for, I believe it was, March 16th. Was that being discussed as a fight to be held under, like, the BTC banner? Or, like, what was the discussion there, I guess?
1: Yes, that was, uh, it was supposed to be for BTC, so they sent him the contract and uh, to, to fight March 16th, and I had told them, all right, can you please give my manager until this time? I'm on a five-fight win streak with five first-round finishes. Can you please give him till this date to find me something? If he doesn't find me something by this date, which I believe was February 1st, I will sign to fight Jordan Mean And it was like January 24th, and they kept pressing me. Like, well, we already sent the contract to Mean. He's down. You know, this would be a great fight announcement, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, like I said, man, you got to give my manager until February 1st to to find me a fight. Because I'm not just going to jump on this and then all of a sudden my manager goes, hey, i got a good fight for you for a lot better money than, you know, what BTC is offering. And uh, not that BTC doesn't offer great money. I love BTC and, and everything that they do. But... Yeah, so then January 26th comes around, and they're still hounding me every day, like, hey, are we going to do this? Are you going to sign the contract? We'll send you the contract, blah, blah, blah. And then my manager goes, how about... So my manager sends me a call saying, Anthony Nguyen Quanti, March 2nd, this wait, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's do that. And so <clears throat> it was getting down to the wire, but yeah, the Jordan mean fight was supposed to happen. All, all The only thing that was not happening was me signing the contract because I was waiting ...on my manager to find me something, and he actually did.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like it's just a timing thing, like, could be a situation where, you know, conceivably... ...it just happens at a future date, if things align in ideal timelines for everyone, as you just kind of outlined there. Yeah, so
1: the thing is, is... <clears throat> I could have fought Jordan mean, but the thing I'm getting paid, like, four or five times more... ...fighting for game bread than I would for BTC... I know Jordan Mean. Personally, I think Jordan Mean's a bigger name than Anthony Noah Jaquani. Some people say yes, some people say no. I've talked to a lot of people. And they're like, Jordan Mean, who's that? But they know Anthony Noah Jaquani. So it's a, it's a toss up. I'm getting a bigger name and, you know, way more money with Anthony Noah Jaquani than I would Jordan Mean. But to be honest, I think Jordan Mean's a much tougher fight than Anthony Noah Jaquani. Uh, and everybody that I've talked to agrees with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and the the exposure for Gamebred is uh is insane. So
0: uh I it was a no-brainer to go with that one. I I guess I'm curious as to that distinction like is it just a thing where maybe they see certain opportunities for you in this Engikawani fight is it they just I guess see me in as like that much higher of a competitor I guess. Uh who are we talking about
1: here? <laughs>
0: Oh, sorry, I guess you were just speaking to, like, a certain sentiment from some people where it's like, oh, yeah, like Jordan Meehan's probably ultimately the, like, tougher test. Is it just, like, in terms of, like, how the styles of the respective fighters kind of intersect with you, or is it just, like, comparing the two fighters directly, I suppose?
1: I would say comparing the two fighters directly, because Anthony Noguquani, uh hasn't really shown or showcased much, if any... Type of grappling game, whereas Jordan Means, you know, he's a black belt in BJJ now. He's got some good submissions. He's fought a lot better guys, I would say, overall than Anthony Nojiquani. I mean, Anthony Nojaquani's fought some tough guys, but Jordan Means also fought some really, really tough guys. Um, Striking-wise, I'd say Anthony's got the experience edge, but, like, skill-wise, you know, they're both pretty good. Uh, just overall, like, Ed, Jordan Means younger. He's more experienced, like he has more fights, uh, like in MMA at least. I don't know how many tie fights Anthony has, but Jordan's younger, he's a little bigger, he's probably stronger, and he's more well-rounded than Anthony Noa is. So, yeah, it just makes more sense to go after the guy that uh, isn't as well-rounded and is older. Like, I think Anthony's 43, 44 years old, so, man, whereas Jordan's like 33 or 34.
0: No, it's just kind of interesting, though, because, like, as much as, like, he does have a bit of, like, bare-knuckle MMA experience already, and I guess even speaking to his broader, I guess, gloved MMA career, it would seem like the more common way that he has lost is via submission, and it's interesting because you do have, like, an adept submission game, too, as much as people talk about you being the body snatcher and everything like that, and it does seem like there's empirical evidence with bare-knuckle MMA to suggest, like, large in part, it can end via submission, I guess, just all these factors considered is that, I mean, maybe you're not like hyper fixated on the outcome too much, but it would sound like there's some ingredients here for a submission finish, potentially.
1: Of course. Uh, my ground game has improved dramatically. I can, you know, I hang with black belts, you know, I can wrestle with Olympic wrestlers, like my my overall grappling game, wrestling, and submission is has come super far. It's, it's actually caught up to my striking game, so it's always good to have that ace in my back pocket there. So, yeah, if I can, for some reason, deal with Anthony Noah Jaquani's reach or his striking ability, as basic as it is, because his striking is just, it's very good, but it's basic Muay Thai, um, then I always have that wrestling and grappling game. And the one thing that's for sure come full circle is my, you know, mental readiness. And my belief in myself that I do have the power to knock a guy the fuck out. And uh, I'm pretty sneaky and crafty. And I know I can land that shot and force Anthony to grapple with me. So I can definitely put him in places that will force him into deep water that he's not comfortable with. Because he ended up shooting on uh, Brendan Jenkins. Now, Brendan Jenkins is one of the toughest guys physically like able to take damage and stay in there that I've ever seen. But his skill level isn't anywhere near mine. And he was popping Anthony Noliquanti and forcing Noliquanti to go for takedown. So if he can do that, I can definitely do that. And whereas he made some minor mistakes on the ground, I won't make those mistakes, and Anthony will not be getting out. <laughs> will not be getting out of that fight if it goes to the ground.
0: Yeah, you talk about the explosiveness in your striking, and that's obviously demonstrable across the whole career. But I guess in kind of like talking about that, is there certain different considerations that come from? The striking in like a gloveless kind of context because like certain fighters i've talked to have talked about i guess having to be like a little more on top of the way they throw the punches in a bare knuckle context versus like the kind of i guess application they would do in like a gloved sort of dynamic like is that some things you're thinking about like how much are you i guess curating your camp to be a bit different for this one being that it's bare knuckle i guess i'm curious about all these different kind of variables like how much you might be approaching this bare knuckle mma differently
1: so I'm training right now, mostly bare knuckle. The only time I put a glove on is when I spar, and that's not for me, that's for my partners. So it does change the way you throw and how you hit with a glove compared to no glove. So I hit the bag bare knuckle, I hit pads bare knuckle, I drill uh, bare knuckle, everything's bare knuckle unless I'm hitting an actual person, then I'll put a glove on. But uh, I'm very confident with how I throw my hands. Uh, I haven't hurt my yet knock on wood knock 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 but uh, the glove makes a huge difference the padding even in a, a four ounce mma glove the padding still disperses the amount of damage that you take amongst what it hits whereas with a bare knuckle it's the piercing point of a knuckle that you know even my coaches are like dude you hit hard with a glove on he's like now that you're hitting bare knuckle they're like it's it's hurting their hands through the pad uh, just from the piercing penetration of the punch. So imagine that on a cheekbone or on your chin. Or, and like a Robert Hale-style punch landing on that chin will probably break his jaw. Right? So uh, everybody said, yeah, you're the, they, they can't, they, they don't know, they're not scientists or whatever, but they said it's a, it's a dramatic difference in my power just from an MMA glove to a bare knuckle when I'm hitting... When I'm hitting the pads, they they can't fucking believe it. And for some strange reason, I'm like three times faster without gloves on. You'd think an MMA glove doesn't wear like it doesn't weigh much, so it shouldn't affect my speed or whatever the wind resistance. But I just flow and I throw so much faster bare knuckle than I do with a glove on. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dangerous night for Anthony Jaquani if he wants to throw hands.
0: And to that prior point about just, like, the visibility an event like this can provide you just seems like such a stacked event. I mean, Junior Dos Santos and Alan Belcher readying to compete in the main event and just, like, a deep card in general. Like, I feel like Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA has really done a great job with that and everything. And, I mean, you've been part of big cards over the years, so not necessarily a stranger to it, but probably serves that idea of getting, you know, more eyeballs on the performance and some of these things we've kind of talked about today.
1: Yeah, this card is massive. There's, I think George or Jorge said, there's 12, 11 or 12 UFC vets on this card. And he's just like, I want guys that can fight. That's the end of it. He's like, I don't care what they did. it doesn't matter. Whereas the UFC kind of go, oh, he's older, it's done. Like, they want to get value out of it. Whereas George sees value, or Jorge sees value in the quality of fights, which is true. People don't fucking care if you're 41 years old and 39 year old, as long as you put on a fucking firework fight, they're gonna be like, holy shit, I want to see these guys fight again. Whereas the UFC goes, well, we want years out of these people, we want to be able to market them, blah, 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 blah. So I like George Masvidal's Business plan, business approach to this, where he's like, I don't care if you're younger, older, you know, you've been in the UFC, you've done this, you've done that, like, come on over, we're gonna match you up. He's like, I just want to put on great fights for the fans. He's like, we're not, we're not looking to match up, you know, the the 15 and old Russian grappler versus the. The, the you know beaten up older striker, whatever it is, because we don't want to see people like an obvious lay and pray fights He's like, we want exciting fights so we're gonna match them up accordingly. And I'm like, I like where this guy's coming from. you know he's like I said, he's reached to a lot of older talent and you know UFC veterans and with that lets me know that his pockets run pretty deep because I'm sh- pretty sure the price tag on Junior DeSantos Santos and Alan Belcher isn't fucking cheap, which lets me know that you know if I make it to that, well, when I when I make it to that level of, you know, title fight that the money will be there. So and uh, again, he's the only bare knuckle promotion in the world, so all eyes are on that. Like everybody loves bare knuckle boxing. no imagine bare knuckle MMA with his fame and the, the, the size of this card and everything else, like there's gonna be a lot of eyes on it. People love that that raw, like almost street fight level dangerous intensity and this is it
0: yeah and it really takes it back to like those like progenitor days of the sport where like the gloveless nature of it was so rampant like as much as like the sport has evolved a lot in terms of technique and understanding etc like is there a certain aspect here that feels almost like real like roots like you know early days mixed martial arts in a certain regard
1: 100 percent, it does it just it's that's everybody says that about it where it's like this is like ufc one two three four five six seven it's the closest thing to a, a real fight that you can get but it's like it's the only thing that's stopping us from killing other people is a referee like there are actual rules other than that like it's a street fight with honor yeah no eye gouging no biting hair pulling like it's two guys going in there honorable but you know bare shins bare knees bare knuckle bare elbow and we're, we're out there trying to hurt the other guy as much as possible. Like, try and kill him. Like I said, the only thing that's stopping us now is a referee. Like, it doesn't get more raw than that. And uh, it's it brings a level of excitement and, um, you know, savagery that people love to watch. Like, it was like when the UFC first hit big time. Like, UFC from 2004 to 2011 was huge it was like you're in the ufc oh my god you're like a godlike tough level dude like it just had a level of prestige to it that i feel game Bred or bare knuckle mma is going to after this event everyone's gonna be like yo you're a bare knuckle mma fighter damn like people are gonna want to get in on that just from based on how badass you look being a bare knuckle mma fighter
0: Yeah, for sure, and it must be, I mean, I guess I was kind of saying this earlier too, but just must be refreshing in general, like, that overall mindset of the promoter, where it's like, I don't care about, like, these certain variables as much, but, you know, as long as you bring it, that's, like, what we're focusing on too, because, like, there's certain things where sometimes it does kind of resonate as confusing, almost, because, like, I saw you were kind of indicating a certain level of interest in fighting in Ryzen, but, like, for instance, they seem, like, just very focused on promoting their domestic talent which I mean fair enough it seems like that's like what gets the big ratings and such but I kind of look at that and it's like well yeah why wouldn't you want to bring on a guy like Jesse Ronson because part of that Japanese MMA culture is also oriented to that idea of like as long as you bring it we're here for it kind of thing
1: yeah um I, I do recall you doing a, an interview with the guy that runs Ryzen and I was the question of hey why don't you ask him why he doesn't sign any Canadians and I guess we just don't bring in money over there or who, who knows. But it's like you got to you gotta go out on a limb. You know what I mean? It's like go out on a limb and give it a shot. And Jorge Massimo is down for that. He's like, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'll give you a shot. If you put out for me, we'll bring you back. He's like, I don't care. That's why he signs the one-fight deal. So he's like, if you don't put out for me, well, we don't care. But if you put out for me, he's like, well, you know, we'll keep bringing you back. And uh, I like promotions that are willing to give people a try. You know what I mean, US, I understand why the UFC does what they do. Uh, again, they're um, like I'm not saying Jorge Masvidal's not a money-making business. He'll you know, he'll make money. Don't get me wrong. But the UFC wants you know wants to control people the way they want to control people and make the most out of their money, or make the most out of them to make them the most money. It's it's I don't know. It's dumb. I don't like the UFC or how they operate. And I would never go back to the UFC unless it was like a stupid, insanely high amount of money. But uh, yeah, all these other promotions, like you said, Ryzen, that only seems to be focused on Japanese talent. Like I was signed to Ryzen, my manager told me. We figured out my contract, it was a three fight deal, we figured out the money, I had an opponent, I had a date, I had a location, and then Ryzen just goes, ah, you know what, we're not gonna do that, we're gonna pull shoot. And so instead of sending me the contract, Three days later, they just said, "Now nah, we're not doing it. I'm like, "What? Well, what? why not? You gave me the money. Like, you told me how much I was going to make. I was okay with that. You gave me an opponent and a date. Like, what's going on here? And then nothing just ever came of it. And I was like, well, what the hell? And then same with 1FC. They boast that they're the best. They have the best striking. They have the best this. They have the best that. But yet, they refuse to sign anybody that has any losses in the UFC or anything like that because they don't want to water down their... Their product, meaning that if I go over there with my five losses in the UFC and no wins and I start beating the shit out of their guys, they're going to think, oh, well, then our guys aren't as good as the UFC. I don't know what they're thinking, but they obviously don't have top quality, top level fights in mind. They're just looking, everybody else is just looking to be the number one oh, we gotta be, like, our promotion's better than their promotion type shit, whereas Jorge Mas, but I was like, fuck that. I don't care if my promotion's not as good as your promotion, but I can guarantee you that my fights are better than your fights, and I like that shit.
0: No, I hear you, man. I can only imagine how frustrating it would be from a fighter viewpoint, because, like, even from, like, my position, I see certain, I guess, talking points with the sport and, like, the optics certain people seem to be focused on. Like, I guess even because we're coming off of the weekend with that whole PFL versus Bellator event. It felt like there were so many people who were like, oh, Bellator almost clean-sweeped them and da-da-da-da-da. Like, it just felt like such a weird thing to focus on in that context. Like, it could have been more of that perception of like, oh, this is really cool. Like, what a unique event. Champions from different leagues fighting each other. But it just kind of, I don't know, like, some of the optics of, yeah, like, people in the combat sports community strike me as very strange sometimes. I don't really have a question in all of that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, the Bellator PFL event, they fucked up on that. Like, there was, you know, way too much time in between fights. And, you know, they, you can blame them, like the PFL, whoever owns PFL for making it look like, oh, it's us versus them. Wrong. It's you guys. <laughs> it's the same company now. So it's it's not, you know, Bellator. Like, I get it to, to try and rival the UFC card that went on last night. But it's like, no, these guys are all... You know, athletes of you now. So you you know, I prefer just champion versus champion under one banner, not Bellator versus PFL. They could have done a lot better uh, in the sense of promoting that because now it just goes like you said. uh, Jason Jackson destroyed Ray Cooper, but Ray Cooper wasn't the. Was he the 170 pound champ, or isn't it Magomed Karamov
0: Yeah, yeah, he um, had been the champion in like past years, but not like the most recent champion. Yeah. Yeah, right. So Ray Cooper was a previous
1: champion, but again, couldn't make weight because he's not disciplined. I don't, personally don't think Ray Cooper wants to be there, so he just he doesn't give a fuck. But it's like he'll step up and fight for a paycheck if you're willing to do what he wants to do, which was his weight, whatever. He got smoked, you know. Henry Ferreira against Brian Bader that looked like a like a middleweight versus a heavyweight. I think it's the first time Ryan Bader fought a legitimate heavyweight ever, and was like holy fuck, and he got wrecked. Uh, so that didn't look good for Bader. Um, Eblin did great against um, who the fuck the was the hell his name of that guy?
0: And Bukasanginay.
1: And Bukasanginay. There's a guy that had a lackluster UFC career, goes over to the PFL and destroys people. And then you know had a good showing against Eblin, but obviously that fight was a hundred percent you know Evelyn. Uh AJ McKee destroyed uh, Clay Collard. Right, so yeah, you're right. I guess Bellator did lay the boots to fucking PFL, and but I said they could have done a better way of promoting it, and uh, yeah, instead of us versus them, because now everybody's going, is Bellator still their own thing, or is there a P, or is there everything all under one league? Like, what are they going to do with that? But I do the one thing, the one takeaway I have from that is that. promotion which people have been asking the ufc to do for years the ufc goes why are we going to co-promote with you we're not going to help boost your ratings it's like well, we're not asking you to boost our ratings we just want to see if our guy can hang with your guy and personally i think the ufc is a little scared because they don't want their guy losing to another promotion which who fucking cares it's not like people are going to stop watching the ufc because um fucking leon edwards lost to jason jackson no People love the UFC because it's the UFC. They do, they love it because of what they do, not because of who their champions are or who's winning and whatever else. They love the league, so I don't understand why the UFC doesn't allow, you know, cross promotion, co promotion to be. I bet they'd probably make a lot more money doing that.
0: Yeah, I hear. you I mean, there's probably like a bit of a historical precedent set with like you know Chuck Liddell fighting in the Pride Grand Prix and. Maybe Dana felt a certain way about it after the fact, but I don't know. I mean, I maybe I'm an antiquated fan from back in the day or whatever, but I just feel like it's cool to see these kind of things, but then sometimes you see commentary after the fact, and it maybe just feels like we're focusing on the wrong things almost, and I mean, I don't even know why I just thought of this, I guess. You definitely don't have to get into it if you don't want to but like in mentioning the rise fight and how they had like a particular opponent etc set like do you like do you recall who the opponent was that they'd lined up for you i guess i'm just kind of curious as like a random sidebar um he had fought
1: in risen once before he was 17 and 2 his nickname was tank um, okay. The only issue was it was one of Danny's guys. So my manager, this guy was also managed by Ruby Sports, but like Danny manages like a lot of the UFC guys, North American guys. So this would have been one of Syadis's guys, one of Danny's business partners. Uh, I can't remember his name. It was an alphabet soup. He's from Azerbaijan, though, and that's where the fight was. November first last year. That's where it was going to be. His nickname's Tank, and like I said, he's seventeen and two overall. This guy was from Azerbaijan, and they want to be... It was a short-notice injury replacement, and I was ready to do it. And then they just canceled. They, they just said no to me, and then they brought a Japanese guy in instead. Which, if they already have a guy on the roster that's ready to do it, sure, why not? Like, why sign another person to a three-fight deal uh, when you don't have to, when you already have guys ready to go? But if they signed a... I don't know if they signed a brand-new guy... Like a Japanese guy that never fought before. I didn't really look that much into it because I was just so pissed that they didn't send the contract. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past them because I've seen, like, all they do is just have Japanese guys. Rest- they, they, they're not really outsourcing at all. The only way you can get into Ryzen is if you're, like, grandfathered in, a.k.a. your coach or somebody, like, that you train with fought in Pride way back in the day uh, from one of those gyms or, like, you train with Mark the Hammer Coleman, Or, you know, somebody from the old prize days is the only way you're getting into Ryzen if you're
0: not from Japan. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. It's just cool to hear, though, that you can get this opportunity with Game Bread. Like, it seems like a good time to be like a fighter who has a level of, like, free agent mobility and stuff like that. So, yeah, it seems like you've got a lot of cool potential options in the future. And it's cool you seem to be enjoying the bare-knuckle MMA so much, like hearing you talk about things in the context of like when you're gonna be at like a level to you know fight for a title with them and all these things. It seems like you're looking at this as like more of a long term focused kind of thing. So that's cool to hear.
1: I would love to stay with Faradukle hundred percent. Um if that's the case. But like I said, they they are they're only signing me to one fight, one fight at a time. They don't want to lock anybody down, which is super fantastic. I love that. So it's like I win this fight, I can go lobby somewhere else. I can be like, hey, uh who's paying the most right Is obviously i would give game because they're they're taking a chance on me if game bread said hey we want you i would obviously go to game bread first i am i have loyalty i have respect so if i start lobbying to say pfl goes, okay well we want to give you this much and this much for a contract i'd be like okay well let me talk to game bread hey game bread pfl offered me this much what can you offer me if it's close then obviously i'll go with game bread because, like I said, I have loyalty and respect because they're actually taking a chance on me, whereas PFL didn't, and so on and so forth. But I like that it's only a one-fight deal because now, like I said, on a good show and a good win, I can ask for... They can't just be like, hey, you know, we're going to give you X, Y, Z amount of dollars. Like I said, with the UFC, you start off at 12 and 12. doesn't matter how spectacularly you win or who the fuck you fight, it goes up to 14 and 14 after that. Whereas Game Brad, I get this much money, I have a huge fucking win, you know, everybody's talking about it, it's everywhere, Game Break goes holy fuck, this guy's, you know, generating us some money I can ask for this much money, or I'm not going to fight unless you pay me this much money next, and it's up to them if they agree to it or not, right? Or I can, like I said, because it's only one fight, I can go elsewhere, right? Because a, a win over Anthony Noah Jaquani, event that, would be great, that'd be six wins in a row, you know what I mean? So there, there are a lot of options out there, but you know, knuckle. I, I I just like it. I feel comfortable with it. Um. And yeah, again, like I said, it's the only organization right now in the world that's recognized. So you win, you become the best. You are, you are literally the best bare knuckle MMA fighter. You may not be the best fighter in the world, but you can claim to be the, bare, the best bare knuckle MMA fighter in the world if you're a champion in Gamebred FC. How many people out of 8 billion can say they're the best in the world at something at any given time? that that's what
0: excites me the most. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, truly exciting times. and I've been talking to you ahead of a few of these fights over the years. And just, yeah, Happy, it seems like you're in a really good place in a lot of different regards. And I thought it was kind of funny. It was after one of your BTC fights. I think it might have been BTC... 21 you were talking about like how good it is to like land a body shot and you know see their reaction to it and then you were like oh it's better than sex but then you were quickly like oh no it's not better than sex but it feels really good so maybe it's going to feel even better with the gloves off when you're landing those body shots and all
1: <laughs> Yeah I uh you know I used to work security at the bar and I've been in a few street altercations in my day with no gloves and it's a it's a different feeling, and it's it's a different reaction. Like when it lands, it's it's nice, and it's it's. I, it's again you'd have to, you gotta, you gotta experience it to believe it or see it. Or everybody's just different, but uh, I I am so excited to try out like an actual cage fight where I'm getting paid this amount of money to hit somebody barefisted. It's ridiculous. Like, I just... I haven't been this excited. Like, I'm nervous. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's more like I can't wait. I want to see. Like, I'm... I wish I was watching me do it, but I'm actually going to have to live it. Like, uh, a lot of people said that I was born and bred for, like, no glove shit. And my coaches even said, like, again, with a bag glove or an MMA glove, I hit hard. But they're like, the difference in speed and power without is something else. So, I'm just really looking forward to next Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a shared sentiment among anyone that's seen you fight and then readying for you to enter this slightly newer permutation of MMA. So, just really intriguing stuff, man. And I'm sure I could ask you a ton more questions, but I've been keeping you for long enough, I feel. So, yeah, is there anything maybe you want to add as a parting thought as we're kind of wrapping up, man? Um,
1: on what level? A parting thought, as in... <laughs> I've said everything I need to say, like, it's just next Saturday, you guys got to tune in and watch. It's, you know, two high-level strikers uh, going at it with, the, you know, the UFC experience and everything else. It's going to be a fight that you won't want to miss. Like, somebody's going down for sure, and it's not going to be me. Uh, I believe I have the power edge, the speed edge, the strength edge, you know. I'm younger, which is, you know, it's very rare for me to say that these days. <laughs> um I feel I'm more durable, I'm younger, I'm more explosive, more exciting. I can take more. Um, it's just it's gonna be a great night for Jesse the Body Snatcher Ronson and I'm excited for it. And uh, I can't wait to to showcase and you know, on a, a high level stage because there's a lot of people that, you know, chipped in to help me. Get through my training camp, and you know, they want to see me succeed, they want to see this fight. So, there's a lot of people that I owe a great fucking fight to and a great win to. So, I I just can't wait for next Saturday.
0: Yeah, when I saw the poster, I just had to get some insights from you ahead of this. Just looks like such a great fight, and like we're talking about a great card, bare knuckle. You know, Gamebred Bear Knuckle MMA rather is putting on on March second, and just thanks so much for the time, man. It was great getting to have you on MMA Canada Radio. I'm looking forward to checking out this fight when it goes down. But you enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for the time, Jesse. All right, you
1: too. Thank you, Dylan.